0: Hi, and thanks for joining us. It is time for Kindling Helpline. If you'd like to get in touch with us here, you can jump onto Facebook Live right now and put your comments below there. If you're listening to us via your app or the radio or your computer, um, you can give us a call. It's 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. With us now is Mothercraft Nurse, Chris Minogue. Hello, Chris. Hi. Um, if it's your first time here on Kindling Helpline, Chris has over 30 years' experience. She's with us every Monday, helping us all now navigate our challenging little humans as they can be as much as we love them. So Chris can deal with everything from behavioral things like toddler tantrums to simply getting through the night when your Mm. baby's waking a lot. So if you'd like to, as I've mentioned, you can pop your question below the Facebook video, if that's how you're watching us, or give us a call. It's 1-800-543-772. And though I've said it a million times, I'm going to tell you this SMS as well. If you'd like to text us, it's 0437-665-200. I can never exactly remember that. But then again, I can't remember my own car number plates. <laughs> I shouldn't I actually. Anybody who remembers that. Really? Yeah, I, thought I don't I was just... remember mine. Oh, thank goodness. Sorry, we're going to have heaps of comments going. You, you're strange, but honestly, <laughs> my, there's a hole in my brain ooh. where that comes up. Anyway, let's get on to some questions because we have one from Nadia who emailed us during the week. Nadia says, my 13-month-old refuses to drink milk from a bottle other than his original bottle with the baby teat. I was advised against this due to dental cavities. He still feeds two to three times a day and it's been happening for about three weeks. When he sees a different milk bottle, he pushes it away and cries or whinges. I've tried several different bottles or cups. Water is accepted from those, but not milk. Is it really a problem to continue using the bottle with a teat?
1: No, it's not. I think it's really reasonable what he's doing, because as he gets older, he will naturally drop the bottles he's having. So you're saying he's having two to three at 13 months, and that I think would be very appropriate. Um, And as long as he's taking water in a cup, so I'm a bit confused between trying other bottles. We don't want him to try other bottles. We want him to learn to, to drink out of a sippy cup or an open cup as he gets older, so I think at the moment, with two or three bottles with his milk in it during the day, is perfectly fine. Usually by 14 months, they're on about two. At 16 months, they're on about one. And somewhere between then and 18 to 20 months, they usually lose their bottles of milk as such so I in this case would think that as long as you are aware of naturally dropping the bottles and not necessarily replacing them with anything other than water or the use of a cup or a sippy cup I think you're absolutely fine so well, that's a nice one to start yeah, with yeah I, I don't
0: think you should feel too pressured about that at all okay. okay well that sounds good Nadia I hope that helps we have Amanda on the phone Amanda are you there Yes, I'm here. Hello. Uh, can you tell us about what's going on for you?
1: Oh, uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Everything and nothing. <laughs> now, what can we help you with? Well, my son, he's still, I've like
0: tried everything that you've told me to do. Um, last night, he slept in his own bed for about probably 20 seconds and he came into our
1: room. 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, And then I put him back in, and then he came back in again. And um, unfortunately, my husband's had to sleep on the lounge because of this. Um, I have spoke to other friends of mine how to do it, and they've all got little ones, like one or two-year-olds. So if there's anything else that you can suggest. Okay. So we've tried walking him back to his bed several times. Yep. (laughs) Have we tried sitting on the end of the bed? Like walking him back and sitting on the end of the bed until he goes no, to sleep? No, not yet. Okay. And what else have we tried?
0: Uh, we tried the nest, am I right, Amanda? Oh, that's right. The nest b- beside your bed, like a little pillow and a, a, a mattress. At, Did you try floor? that one?
1: Yep. So when he comes in, he sleeps on the floor? Yeah, like
0: I've try- Like I've, um, got like a um, a sleeping bag and I've tried that. Yeah. And he just won't. It's a Paw Patrol cause he loves Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. He just...
1: Yeah, yeah he won't do it. He won't go into yeah. it. Okay, and how much... Is he having any sleep in the day? No, I've told preschool that they not to have any sleep Perfect. up there. And what um, time do you try and put him down in the evening? 7.30, 8 o'clock. That's, that's pretty good. And how quickly does he go to sleep um, at that point when you take him into the room? Yeah, he does, yeah, just because okay. I've got, like, a little TV in there, so he watches his it that, um, yeah. so that might be the problem so when he goes to sleep he's going to sleep off watching television when he wakes up he can't go back to sleep again okay yeah so we probably need to to maybe not use the television to relax him to go to sleep because I think when he wakes up at night what it's teaching him to do is it re- he needs to rely on something to get him back to sleep so I think if we're going to change the behaviour, we change the behaviour in all aspects of going to sleep. So at 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night plus, you know, overnight. Because I'm pretty sure if he left the television on all night, he'd wake up, he'd see it, and then he'd go back to sleep again. So there's a little bit of the behaviours around that as well. So the only thing I could suggest from here is that you put him into his bed at night, um and you how long do you leave the television on at the moment? Um, probably for about ten minutes. Do you turn it off before he goes to sleep or does he fall asleep within that ten minutes? Yeah, he falls asleep in that ten minutes, yeah. He falls asleep. So he's falling yeah. to sleep with that that watching the television and, and that's where I think the problem's coming in at night. So let's um let's try and decrease the amount of time of television. So what I'd do over the next few nights is just say, mum will be back in five minutes to turn the television off and then you need to go to sleep to see what his reaction would be, whether he can roll over and go to sleep because he's relaxed or whether actually the same behaviour starts that happens overnight. My, my bet would be the same behaviour will happen that happens overnight where you'll get up and you'll start walking out. Do you have a spare baby gate, um, Amanda? No, I have to get one from my friend. Can you borrow one from your friend? So what I'm I'm suggesting is that we put the baby gate up and then we actually leave it open. Once you put him into bed, we leave it open. But when you go to give him a kiss and a cuddle after his five minutes of television and you walk away, you say, I can leave the gate open, but if you get off your bed, I'm going to shut the gate. So no doubt, because he's a clever four-year-old. You'll, you'll get yeah, to the kitchen weekend, so. and then he'll he'll follow you to the kitchen. Then I'd take him back to his bed. I'd put him back in his bed, give him a kiss and a cuddle, say it's time for sleep. And then I'd say, if you get off your bed, I'm going to shut the door. He gets off the bed, I take him back and then I shut the door. Now, he'll run to the door, uh, uh, to the gate, and he will um, sort of shake the gate and try and get out of the gate. And all I do is stand there and say, I can come to you and give you a kiss if you get back on your bed. Now, this is going to take you about 20 minutes, so you've got to go if you get back on your bed. And what you're teaching him to do is just to go back to his bed. So as soon as he goes back on his bed, then you go over, give him a kiss and a cuddle, and then come out again. And then if he returns, now it's a lot of repetitive behaviour, but you actually got to just continue to do the repetitive behaviour for a few days. So he gets as far as the the gate, and once he gets to the gate and starts calling out, then you say you need to be on your bed before mummy can come in, then go in and give him a kiss and a cuddle. And just seeing if he can get himself back to his bed to understand to go back to the bed. So this is sort of going to be like a little bit of gentle, tough love before the tough love actually arrives so let's give him one more go but you really need to be consistent for about three days or three nights of doing this when you put him to bed and when you put him to bed overnight as well when he comes out so it's not going to be easy so pick three days when you think you can really do it that you haven't got much more on because you're going to be tired in the morning and he's going to get tired and you're just looking for him to go back and get in his bed and then when he gets in his bed give him a kiss and a cuddle
0: And if um, Amanda, if I could just interject as a parent, knowing my son who's about to turn four, his dad used to – his dad, my husband, (laughs) we're still together – he used to play uh, the iPad to him every night, and we decided that that was going to stop, and boy, can – Little uh, boys do not like it when you stop no. playing there. So I, I hear what um, Chris is saying about perseverance. If yep. you can bear to push through it, because eventually my son got used to it. He'll still ask for the iPad, but we uh, just say no, no and read him a book. So yeah. we had so we to be really change tough. that behavior around, so that
1: you're either decreasing it and turning it off when he's awake, or you're actually. I, I you, the next one would be I'd take the television out of the room and say, "Well, we've tried everything. Now you've got to you've got to be." big boy and you've got to go to your bed and but let's see if this might help where yeah, we've sort of given this sort of more gentle approach but giving him the message he needs to be on his bed before you come back in but you do need to give yourself about three days where you know that this is what you're going to be doing because it's really hard if we try something for one day and then the next day we try something different it's really difficult for him to understand what it is we're asking of him.
0: And Amanda, I know that you've asked us questions before, so please feel comfortable in giving us yeah. a call back next week after we'll you've tried you it this week. We'll <laughs> you about the next one. We appreciate that. It doesn't always work straight up, oh. but um, give it a go and then call us back if you need to. Yeah, well,
1: thank you so much.
0: I'm just tearing up now. So. Oh, <laughs> don't, you poor thing. <laughs> you'll so. be fine, and, and let's just hope this works and that you'll be a new mm. and... Yeah. well-slept woman. You just keep
1: calling sleep. us back, Amanda. In fact, it actually proves that no one answer will be the right answer for every child. You might have to go through three or four or five things. So so you've
0: already done that. So this is hopefully your so answer. So we're nearly at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so take care, Amanda,
0: and we'll hear from you soon. Yeah, thank
1: you. I can't. No worries. Bye, Bye, Amanda.
0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Chris Minogue. This is Kindling Helpline, I should say, where you get to call and ask Chris a question. That was Amanda, and it's a good point to say that yeah. um, if you've written in and something hasn't quite worked, then the best thing to do is There's to call write us. Back. Well, write back, but yeah, call, we'll call and us. then Chris can ask you questions and help tweak whatever you're going on, whatever's going on for you. This next question comes from Bonnie. It's a question. From Facebook. Hi, Bonnie. She says, I wonder if you know much about taking too much folate in the third trimester. My mid- midwife has told me to stop taking my current pregnancy multivitamin because it can call, cause asthma and allergies in my baby.
1: Bonnie, I really don't know very much about this at all because mainly I deal with children once they've been born. So my best advice would be to go to either your GP. Or your obstetrician if you have one and ask them. But I haven't heard... Um, much about this area. So I, I would have to say I really couldn't comment on this yeah. one.
0: Sounds like new research as well. If yeah, it's about, very um, new research. Asthma and allergies. Yeah. So yeah, if you can get that checked out, Bonnie. Sorry I couldn't help you on this case. Um, Megan has text us, texted us on the text line. Um, she has a question. She says, as everyone, help please, my daughter who's 20 months doesn't like my older brother, her uncle. Oh. She knows him, knows his name and talks about him when he's not around. However, When she sees him, which is probably on a fortnightly basis, she shakes her head when he walks in the room, backs away and says, no, no, no. She's often grisly when he arrives and has even cried at times. Sometimes it gets to the point where my brother just leaves my house to appease her. It breaks my heart because he loves her so much and wants a close relationship with her. At times, if he stays longer, she comes around a little. She will cheers his drink, gives him toys and interact with him. She will always say goodbye, wave him off and sometimes blow him a kiss. If I know we're going to see him on a particular day, I always tell her and talk about him beforehand to help prepare her. He's the only person he, she acts this way around. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. It's awful for my brother, but my daughter is obviously frightened for some reason." Thank you, Megan. Do you know what my first question is? Does he have, he have a beard? beard. That was going to
1: be mine. Does he yeah. have a beard and is he really tall? Yeah. So some this is actually common where they um, go through a phase where if a man comes in the room with a deep voice who's tall and well-built – although lovely it sort of overwhelms the child and i think that's what's happening here i don't think she's frightened of him i think she's just very overwhelmed because over time she's able to interact with him so there is hope but the first thing i'd ask is does he have a beard because that often it really just not doesn't scare them but that really becomes overwhelming for them so that's one thing i'd ask the next thing is i'd i'd talk to him because he he probably just needs to stay longer and allow her to warm up. But also when he comes in, this is what I would do. I would sort of not go to her straight away because I think she that's what is overwhelming her. So if she's playing in the corner, I just... Ignore her and keep playing in the corner and let her come up to him. So if you're there for dinner, you just go on having dinner, um, getting ready for dinner, interacting, talking, and let her come up to him. Because I think as this goes on, everybody's making a big point of making it work. But actually, if you just leave her alone and let her come, it sounds like that's what she's trying to do. She's bringing toys, he's interacting. So the frequency is fine. Um, if you really wanted more interaction, you could do it more frequent, but actually coming in for the first five, 10, 15 minutes and somewhat ignoring her and let her warm up will probably fix this. It probably will happen with other people in other stages. It just happens to be your brother at the moment, Mm. which is a shame because 20 month old is just really good fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, good luck with that, Megan. Um, hopefully, if your brother has a beard, he doesn't yeah. mind shaving. <laughs> it know. might help. It <laughs> might. This is Kindling Helpline <laughs> on Kindling Kids Radio. If you have a question for Chris, you can call us now on 1 800 Kids Radio or post your question below us if you're watching this on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, I should add. Sometimes people listen, watch the Facebook Live back and try to ask questions then, but we're yeah. not here anymore. Yeah. If it's, you know. Um, but if <laughs> If you'd like to text us the number 0437 665 200, you can also use that text number throughout the week or you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au if you don't get the chance to ask your question live. We have Catherine watching on Facebook. Hi, Catherine. How can we encourage a a three-and-a-half-year-old to stay in bed without coming out of his room several times asking for things, e.g. must have milk in bed, lights on or off, toys, blanket, certain parent to tuck him in? Day nap has been cut out most of the time. Bedtime is usually between 7 and 7.30.
1: I'd put him to bed at 7.30. So that's the first thing. I think if you're putting him to bed at 7, unless he's had a particularly long day and, you know, he's really miserable by 5, I'd put him start putting him to bed at 7.30. So that might make the difference because the things he's doing, which is asking for toys and everything, is very common when they're not tired. So, you know, for a three-and-a-half-year-old, I think if they've slept well overnight, they can manage staying up till 7.30 before, you know, they have two stories, a kiss, a cuddle and go to bed. So that would be the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is make sure you meet all those needs before you leave the room. So give him a kiss give him a little drink of milk, put him on the toilet, give him a toy and a blanket so you've met all of his needs before you've left the room. That's just distraction therapy he's trying out there. But I'd meet them and say, yeah, no, you've had everything, so there's no calling out. It's time for sleep. Um, you don't. And the other thing I say to three-and-a-half-year-olds, you don't have to go to sleep. You just have to stay on your bed.
0: <laughs> I like that one.
1: Because <laughs> then they get confused because they're like, I have to walk out to get, you know, whatever I'm looking for. So I say, you know... You, don't worry if you don't go to sleep just just keep it quiet lay on your bed and here's your dolly or your blanket to play with and see how he goes from there then after that I just treat his behavior I just march him back to bed every time and pretty much along the lines of the the past um, caller who asked about the four-year-old about Amanda I'd do the same thing I'd be making it clear that it is bedtime it's reasonable for bed and it's time for bed so walking back Kiss,
0: cuddle, and walk out the room You're again. So determined. Those yeah, three and a half, four. But yeah,
1: just try and start his bedtime at seven thirty. Might make make, make the difference for him.
0: All right. Good luck with that, Catherine. We have a question about swaddling from Kimberley. She's got a six-month-old baby girl. Yep. uh, Needs to be swaddled to go to sleep. Yep. She's trying to transition her out of the swaddle for almost two months. Oh, no. By, you know, swaddling one arm at a time. time. Uh, She self-settles and sleeps really well with only one arm swaddled, still waking two to three times per night. Yeah. On a few occasions, she's broken out of the swaddle. She's free and she's continued to sleep with both arms out, which has been fine because she's always she's already a bit drowsy. But she can't settle for a nap or go to bed at night without with both arms out. Yeah. She plays with a dummy and does all sorts of things to distract herself yeah. and eventually wakes up. She's rolling front to back and back to front. Yeah. So she needs to be out of the swaddle. Yeah. But she's tried the sweet sleep slacks, the ones that you can transition out of with one oh, arm yeah. at a time. Um, hasn't worked. as She just gets really frustrated by them. Do you have any... Other suggestions, do I just take her out of the swaddle and suffer a few days or more of pain? She also has a very tight sheet, but that's becoming ineffective because she's moving around. around. Should she remove that as well? Um, And she can't actually, um, Kimberly can't actually spend a lot of time with her because she also has a two-year-old at home.
1: Okay, Kimberly, I think you just have to take a really deep breath. You need to give yourself three days and three nights by the sounds of it. And we take her out of her um, swaddles and put her into a sleeping bag. So I would pick three days when you know you can be most consistent. That might mean that maybe um, some your mother or someone might help out by taking your two-year-old for the first night, because obviously the first night's going to be the hardest night. But also don't get too concerned about the two-year-old. You'll be amazed at what they can sleep through till at least four or five in the morning. So lots of people, when they're trying to make a really big transition for a baby and they've got a toddler, they interrupt the process because they're worried about the toddler but the toddler has much more resilience than we give them credit for and night waking from someone else usually doesn't occur until about four or five in the morning so I think we could have a good window to be able to do this I think the other thing that's happening is she's been in a swaddle for so long that she's sort of loose she's used to her arms not doing anything to go to sleep like they're not flailing around So I think what I would do is keep the timing of your day really consistent because we're asking her to do a really big thing to get used to her arms being out. I would put her into a sleeping bag and put it down. And I would actually hand her her dummy so that she knows how to put it back in her mouth. I wouldn't put the dummy
0: in. So I should clarify because if she's six months, Kimberly may not know what kind of sleeping bag you're suggesting. You just mean the ones where both arms are out. And that is a sleeping bag. Yeah. So um, she was using the swaddled ones before. Yeah. So you're saying get rid of the sheet and get a sleeping bag with both arms out.
1: Yeah, that's the only sleeping bag there
0: is. Okay.
1: Yeah, so a sleeping bag is usually um, with arms out. A swaddle is with arms in. Okay. Yeah, so put her into a sleeping bag and then um, pop it down in her bed. You can still tuck her in with a sheet because that's something she knows, but we wouldn't assume she's going to stay under the sheet. And then I would hand her the dummy. Don't put her dummy in her mouth because then if it comes out, she can put it back in herself. Then give her a few minutes to settle herself and when it gets to that point where you need to go in, whether that's one minute or five minutes after she's started, then when you go in... um Usually what I would do with this age group is roll her to a side, put my hand just on her shoulder and pat her because what the hand on the shoulder does is just keep her arm still for a few minutes and then just give her a few pats until she's calm and quiet. Now you can imagine on the first day that that could take you 15 and 20 minutes but you don't really want to pat her to sleep because then you're Going down another path. You'll <laughs> be doing that forever. Yeah. So, just patting till she's nice and calm and relaxed and sucking her dummy, and then walking away. And then if she cries for a few minutes and you find her on her front, then maybe put your hand on her shoulder and pat her bottom, and and just get her familiar with with being able to sleep in different positions around her cot. So I think you'll find that this is really common in this age group where they've been swaddled and they're trying to um, you're trying to make that transition. I would just do it. I would just find three days and, and say, sweet girl, I'm going to dress you in a beautiful sleeping bag
0: and you're going to sleep. <laughs> I love so, it. Invest in, yeah. in a good sleeping bag.
1: invest in a good sleeping bag.
0: Well, good luck with that, Kimberly. We hope that works for you. Claire from Facebook has um, written a question. My almost three-year-old is a runner. Running away from mum and dad in public places is a favourite game. This is not safe behaviour. No. Any advice or tips about this?
1: Okay, so the first thing I would say is we have to change his behaviour. He probably thinks this running is a form of a game. So he sort of takes one look at you, smiles, and you know he's going to be off in the opposite direction. So I would start with really small activities. So say we were going to just buy the bread. So we go down the street and you get in him out of the car and pre-warned is easier. So we're going to bribe the bread. So when we get out of the car, you need to hold Mummy's hand. Now, you have to do it with something that you're quite prepared not to get. So we're going into the shop and we're going to get the bread. So you get him out of the car, car, you hold his hand. So you're teaching him to hold your hand and walk. And as soon as he starts to dart away from you or he actually runs away and he doesn't stop when you give him the command, which is the safety part of this, then I pick him up, I put him back in the car and I go home. And pretty much pretty soon he gets the idea that if he runs, he's going to go home. So you have to be prepared to do it when it doesn't matter if you go home. So don't do it if you go into a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. because then it matters and then you have a screaming child. So you need a few days of teaching him how to walk beside you. The other one to do is outside your place. If it's fairly safe and quiet, you say to him, we're going for a walk to the corner and back. And on the way to the corner and back, you ask him to pick up some leaves and can you see that pretty flower? We need to stop here because there might be a car coming, but we're only going to the corner and back. And what you're doing is you're changing his behaviour around the fact that once you let go, he runs. If he's a true runner, you have to consider his safety. And so sometimes you have to put one of those leads on your arms and leads on his arms, and he gets it pretty quickly that he's not going to go very far. But I suspect he thinks this is a game and he hasn't realised where that safety line falls in there.
0: All right. Um, This one's from Elena from Facebook. Hi, can you please outline a sleep routine for 12-month-old, especially how to move sleeps back and forth to maybe go out for dinner? Thank you. Maybe she's going out on Valentine's Day. Okay. So for generally for a
1: 12-month-old, they usually have two sleeps, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and they're about three to three and a half hours apart in awake time. So from when they wake, three to three and a half hours, the morning sleep is usually a short sleep. It could be as short as 45 minutes, and I usually make it no longer than an hour, that's my own personal view on it and then about three three and a half hours later put them down for an afternoon sleep okay so hopefully they sleep for about a good hour and a half or two hours so that roughly gives you a time frame somewhere between nine and ten in the morning and then somewhere between one and uh, one thirty and two in the afternoon they the 12 month old is usually pretty tired by seven so, to go out for dinner is actually not an easy thing with this age group. It depends where you're going. If you're going to a restaurant, it could be very tricky because they'll get a little bit manic because they're overtired, then they'll get a lot whingy. If you go into your mum's place or a friend's place, I just take a porticot and put them down in that porticot. So, I think that one, the answer to taking them out to dinner really depends on the age group. Or you have to go out really early, like a six o'clock pizza dinner, you know, you're just going to have pizza and a bit of Italian and you're home by 7.30. He can definitely, or he or she, can definitely cope with that, but they can't go out till nine o'clock. They just, they, they just are not attractive,
0: (laughs) not attractive. (laughs) And nobody wants that.
1: Everyone's fragile after that. So (laughs) in a little while, you'll be able to do that, but not quite yet.
0: All right, Elena, thank you for your question. I hope that helps. Um, we do appreciate that yeah. It might not have been the answer you wanted, but it is what yeah. Chris has got experience in. Wait out for a bit longer. Yeah. All right, this is our last question from Danielle. She says, I have a 28-month-old boy who loves his dummy and we would like to wean him and ourselves off this reliance. Since he was very little, he has had this dummy attached to a dummy clip and comforter. My idea was that when we were ready to ditch the dummy, we would he would still have the security of the comforter. Yeah. But if he finds a comforter without the dummy attached, he comes to us saying, oh, no, what happened? (laughs) And what's it put back together? (laughs) So my question is, should we get rid of both the dummy and the comforter together or allow him to have the comforter still to snuggle in bed with? We limit the dummy to just for bed, long drives in the car and when he's extremely upset. I've also started reading a book to him about a little princess who keeps losing her dummy and gives her dummy to a teddy when she decides she's too big for it. I was hoping that this would help him to give his dummy away, but I don't think that's going to happen. That would
1: work with a a two-and-a-half-year-old, but I don't think it would work with a 20-month-old. He's more worried about finding the car on the picture. Right. So I think from what you're saying, I can't what is he 28 28. months so what's he two 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 and two months I don't really see why you want to move the dummy at the moment other than you just feel it's time and I think if you feel it's time just to get rid of the dummy you just have to take it off this is what I do I just take it off them I literally say to them I get it down to one dummy in the house or in this case attached to the this comforter and then I say on a Friday night You're you're a big boy now. I usually do it when they transition to a bed. So I say, you're a big boy now. We're going into a big bed and we're going to get rid of our dummy because that's what you'd have when you're young. So I literally, on the sad day, just take all the dummies and put them in the bin. And it's going to be hard on the sad day night, but I wouldn't get rid of the security comforter. I think that is part of his security and I think he will find that as the security. So I would just be getting rid of the dummy and not the security teddy. I would keep that because that will give him some comfort. So usually the first night is bad and the first day because he's looking for it and mouthing for it, but then the next at two, at the next day he just he just moves on a little bit more and a little bit more and it gets easier and easier. So do it over the weekend so you don't terrorize everybody just yourself and your husband (laughs) and the child and I just take a little breath and just get rid of the dummy if you're ready to do it get rid of it but keep the security
0: comfort toy. All right. Well, um, thank you for your question, Danielle. And that was all we have time for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Facebook or for calling or texting us in. Um, we will be back next Monday. Chris will, will be here. So uh, don't forget to check out the Kindling Conversation podcast in the meantime, because Chris has been with us since we started. So you may yeah. find your own um, question already in one of our previous podcasts. But if you have something specific you'd like to ask during the week, you can reach out. Um, you you can text us on 0437665200 or email conversation at kindling.com.au. Chris, thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
1: Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made... What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, beanies. Hello, the, the beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.